You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. How many of you plan on having an affair if you're married? Anybody plan on having an affair? Anybody plan on being addicted to pornography? Anybody plan on being addicted to alcohol or pain medicine? Anybody plan on going into debt and having to file for bankruptcy? Anybody plan on going into so much debt that they're tempted to steal from their company? Anybody plan on getting fat? Anybody plan on wrecking their life in some form or fashion. Typically, that's not our plan, right? We don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, let's just mess up our life. But it happens each and every day, doesn't it? And when you ask people why this happens, they say, well, it just happened one day. But is that really true? Did it just happen Did you just happen to file for bankruptcy? Did you just happen to put on some extra pounds? Did you just happen to get addicted to alcohol or whatever? Did it just really happen? I think it really, the person to blame is the fox. That's who I'm going to blame. We want to blame someone, right? So let's blame the fox. We have a fox, as I said, that lives on campus, or at least lived on campus. I don't know, maybe she's moved since I was gone, but she lives out on the patio in one of the white little uh, drainage pipes. And and I love to see her run, and and she had two little babies. I haven't seen the babies recently, but, but she's just fascinating because foxes, they're so fast, they can go up to 45 miles an hour. They have keen eyesight. And they can hear really well. They can actually hear animals digging underground. They're, they're sneaky animals. They'll play dead. And then they'll eat that bird or that squirrel or whatever else it's hungry for. I don't know if you know this, but gray squirrels, the type of fo- or gray foxes, the type of fox that we have here on campus, actually can climb trees. And while foxes are beautiful... Uh, they are also can be pests. They're known for killing livestock, especially chickens. And they've destroyed gardens by their digging. In the Song of Songs, the writer has something to say about foxes that's a warning to us. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. This is a book that's a series of love letters between a man and a woman. Many believe to be Solomon and his bride. Song of Psalms 2.15 says, Catch the what? Foxes for us, the little foxes, they spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. The writer of Song of Psalm, many who believe to be Solomon, talks about protecting the vineyard from ruin. And in his day, vineyards were very important. They were actually required for survival. Living where they did, it was hard to find clean and pure water. So wine was used as a substitute. And they drank it almost with every meal. One scholar compared it to uh, Texas's sweet tea. It's just something that, man, you just love to have. You love to drink it. 
The vineyard was important, and if you were rich enough to have a vineyard, you did everything that you could to protect it, to keep it safe. Lots of things could harm growing grapes. Bears could come in, and they could eat the grapes, and they could pull down the vines and destroy a vineyard very quickly. Thieves would come in and try to steal grapes. Farmers had to protect the vines from from fire and wind and other natural disasters. So the farmers would come up with a plan to, to protect the vineyard from the big things that could happen. But here the writer points out, it's not the big things that are, are the problem. Everyone's aware of the big things. Everyone's watching out for them. But the writer says the little things ruin the vineyard. The, the little foxes, they would sneak in at night and gnaw on the tendrils, eat the flowers before the grapes were set, destroying an entire harvest in one night. This verse goes beyond the vineyard. It serves as a warning for us. The little foxes in our life can destroy us if we're not careful. We tend to underestimate the small things in life. But we must be careful. A flea is very small. But enough of them can kill the largest dog. A termite is a very small insect, but can destroy a house. A mosquito is small, but it can drive you inside in just a few minutes. Well, we have a cute little boy named Reuben around here, George and Beth's little son. And, and one day I was talking to him, and he was talking about doing yard work with his mom. And he said, those little things, they just bite me. They just bite my legs. And when I think of mosquitoes, I always think of him because that's so true of mosquitoes, right? They're small, but man, they're pesky. And they can drive you inside in a matter of minutes. In this passage, we see the principle of little things. If we ignore the little things, they will someday grow up to become big things. And they will present a big problem. Let me give you an example of this. When we look at the life of King David, we're going to be kind of camped out in 2 Samuel chapter 11, if you want to turn there. 2 Samuel 11, verse 1 says, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him in all of Israel. They ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbath. But what did David do? David remained at Jerusalem. And fox number one in David's life was idleness. He had time on his hands. As wonderful as he was, he had become complacent. He let others lead. He let others fight. He stayed in Jerusalem. Isn't that a fox for many people? When they get bored and when they get lonely, they get tempted to do things they shouldn't do. Maybe they gorge on food. Maybe they click on the website. Maybe they empty the bottle of wine or the six-pack. David is idle, and then we see in verse 2, it says it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch. Some translations say he woke from a nap. He was sleeping and was walking on the roof of the king's house. And what did he do? He saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. Fox number two for David was he saw a beautiful woman. Now, 
let me stop and kind of bring some context to this passage. Some have, have kind of got, been hard on Bathsheba and said, oh, well, Bathsheba was really seducing him. Well, to bring a little bit of context uh, to this, first of all, we need to realize that it was common to bathe on rooftops. But secondly, our text doesn't say that she was bathing on the rooftop. It just says that, it, that David saw her bathing from his rooftop. So she may have been in a room or she may have been on the rooftop. We don't know that. It doesn't say that she was nude. It just says that David saw a beautiful woman. One theory is that Bathsheba was at the end of her cycle and she had a ritual called the mitzvah or mikvah. Uh, which was required by Jewish law, where a woman would be completely immersed in waters. No clothing, no jewelry, no dirt. She had to actually clean herself before she went into this water. And then she would dip herself in this water, and this would make her clean that she could be around other people. In this case, she would have been completely nude, and, and she may have been able to be seen from David's rooftop. Another possibility is that David's rooftop may have been higher than everyone else's. And even if David was, or if Bathsheba was taking a bath, whether ritual or normal cleaning, which they didn't always take baths every day back then, she would have assumed that David would have been out to battle. That's where her husband was. Her husband was out to battle. And so she wouldn't have been thinking about someone looking at her as she was bathing on her rooftop. So again, David sees this beautiful woman, and it's not a sin to see a beautiful woman. But obviously, he didn't stop with seeing a beautiful woman. He lusted for her. How many times have you heard said, well, I'm just looking at the menu. I'm not doing anything. I'm just having a simple conversation. It's not anything. I'm just going to flirt a little bit. It's harmless. Warning, little fox. You can just imagine David saying, I'm just looking at a beautiful woman, no big deal. But this little fox led to another action. Verse 3, and David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him and he lay with her. Now, she had been purifying herself from her uncleanliness she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I'm pregnant. Fox number three, he sent for her. It's no big deal. I just want to check on her, right? David, you're playing with fire. You're getting burned. You're about to get burned. When you play with foxes, you get hurt. Notice they question him. Isn't this the wife? of Uriah, the, the daughter of Elam. I mean, his own people say, hey, David, here, here's a chance. Be careful here. But David ignores this fox. He sins for her. Most scholars don't, don't believe that she had much of a chance to say, no, king, no, king. Basically, whatever the king wanted, he got. He sins for her, and the next thing you know, she's pregnant. Well, how did this happen? <laughs> then he gets Bathsheba's husband murdered. 
It went from idleness to adultery to murder. And I'm not saying that's going to happen in our lives, but little foxes, little foxes that we ignore someday grow up and become big things. The little decisions that we make each day can make a big impact on our life. The little decision to go into debt for vacation or for some new clothes or a new car or or Starbucks can lead you into a mountain of debt. And next thing you know, you're having to file for bankruptcy. The little decision to gorge on ice cream each night can lead that scale to saying a very large number. The little things in life. In marriage, we have all kinds of foxes to guard against. I want to name just a few of these. There's the financial fox. Money problems is one of the leading causes of divorce in our society. So many people put their head in the sand and pretend like they don't have financial problems. And, and, and suddenly they're, they're feeling all of the stress and, and they just don't know how to communicate and they're struggling through this. Could, could I just encourage you, if you're struggling financially, get help. We have people here that would love to encourage you and to guide you. We offer financial peace classes every couple of years. Whether you get help here or somewhere else, get help. Don't live with this fox in your life. We've seen too many marriages fall apart because of the financial fox. Secondly, there's the screen fox. We spend more time looking at screens than we do investing into our marriage. We have TV screens, computer screens, phone screens, iPad screens, gaming device screens. And this little fox robs us of having interaction with our spouses, with our kids, with our friends. Well, what if we said, no, little fox? This is a screen-free hour. While we're eating a meal, we're not going to look at the screen. Or we're going to have a screen-free day. We're just going to focus on each other. I've seen a lot of marriages hurt. I've seen a lot of friendships, a lot of families hurt because this little fox has snuck in to the family. And there's the nagging fox. And this little fox tempts us to whine and nag and criticize and complain. Proverbs describes the contentious woman as annoying as the constant drips on a rainy day. Drip, drip, drip. But I'd say it's not just for the wife. We know many men that criticize and complain and nag just as well. It's so easy to fall into that routine where you see the negative side of your relationship. You see the negative side about life. And all you do is criticize and complain. Could I encourage you to guard against this fox? Give your spouse compliments instead of criticism. Begin to see the blessings that are around you. We are so blessed to live in this country. And God has blessed us in so many ways. And so I would just encourage you, if you're someone that kind of falls on this nagging fox side, where you see the negative side of things, just take a moment and look around and see the positive things. Then there's the inconsiderate fox. This is the fox that sneaks in because we're so busy, we fail to remember anniversaries and birthdays and special moments. We forget to call our spouse and say we're running late. We don't take time to write an encouraging note or to say that we love them. Here's how we guard against this fox. Put a reminder in your phone. 
reminder, reminder, reminder. Hey, my anniversary's coming up. I better plan for this. Her birthday's coming up or his birthday's coming up. Some of you, maybe this is a struggle for you. You're not always considerate toward your spouse or toward others. Could I encourage you to hang out with other people that are and steal their ideas? Find out what they're doing and say, hey, you know what? That's a good idea. I could do that. It's a question that I often ask people in my circle. I say, hey, what, what are you doing to love your spouse? What are you doing to show love to your friends? And, and I'll take those ideas and, man, I, I steal them with honor. I mean, uh, and say, hey, that, that's really good. I want to do that. And when my wife praises me, I might give you credit and I might not. It just kind of depends on the day. Be considerate. Guard against the inconsiderate fox. The last one of the foxes that I want to mention today can probably do the most destruction. I, I call it the secret fox. This is the fox that tempts you to keep secrets from your spouse. And I'm not talking about a surprise party secret or not telling them what you're getting them for their birthday or for anniversary or whatever. But I'm talking in general about keeping secrets from your spouse. Craig Rochelle says, secrecy is the enemy of intimacy. Secrecy is the enemy of intimacy. If you hide it from your spouse, it's a fox. If you don't want your spouse to see that screen, it's a fox. If you don't want your spouse to see that email or that text, it's a fox. If you don't want them to know about that meeting that you're having with someone, it's a fox. One preacher friend of mine said, if I hear one more marriage in because they friended their high school boyfriend or girlfriend on Facebook, I'm going to puke. Because he's seen too many marriages destroyed because of that. If your friend, your ex, whoever, don't keep it a secret. Yes, I know you want to know how they look compared to how good looking you look right now. I know that you want to compare yourself to them, but don't keep it a secret. Let your spouse know. Or just don't friend them at all. You don't need to. Don't hide money from your spouse or bills from your spouse. I had another minister friend who told me once that he bought a new computer, but he was hiding it from his wife. And this was the day before laptops, and so he had this big, giant computer. I said, man, how... how how are you hiding this computer? And he said, well, I got this desk. I have this big box. And so I just put it over the monitor. And when, when she leaves, I get it out. And then it's awesome. I said, well, it was nice knowing you, buddy, because she's going to find out. I don't imagine that that conversation went very well. Give your spouse your passwords, access to your phone, your email, social media, bank account. Doing things in secret is similar to what the Bible says is doing it in darkness. And we're not darkness people because we live in the light. Ephesians 5, 8, Paul says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are in what? In the light, in the Lord. And then Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals their sins doesn't prosper. Whoever hides it doesn't prosper. You keep it in the dark, you don't heal in the dark. Isn't that true? Whoever conceals their sin doesn't prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces their sins finds mercy. What do we do? We confess our sins to God. 
Our God is full of mercy. He's faithful. He cleanses us from our sin. But we also take that next step. We confess our sins to people so that healing can take place. When we confess our sins to others, accountability begins to develop. Healing begins to develop. Other people pray for us as we're going through some some tough times. Some of you this morning, you, you have a secret fox. It's time to come clean with your spouse and with your friends to let the healing begin. Each week we've been doing a, a vow, and, and this is vow number four. Uh, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to ask that you read it, to, uh, read it after me. I promise to always identify and guard against my foxes. Would you make that promise repeat after me? I promise to always identify and guard against my foxes. We need to identify what those foxes are in our life. Maybe I mentioned one of them, maybe I didn't mention one of them. But be aware of them and then guard against those. Our relationships are too important to let these little foxes destroy them. We have friends that have relationships that they're going through, and you need to say, hey, that's a little fox in your relationship. You need to kind of get up in their business and say, hey, beware. I don't know about you, but the heart of this this series is we're tired of marriages falling apart. And we want to do our part. We want to point out things that will point to healthy marriages. Little foxes will tear you down. Little foxes will stress you out. Little foxes will destroy your home. Little foxes will destroy your marriage. Little foxes will destroy your health. Little foxes will separate you from God. Little foxes will hurt your prayer life. Little foxes will stunt your spiritual growth. Pay attention to the little foxes in life. The little things make a big difference. 